Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Friends Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. I'm just Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst of FriendsFantasyBenefits.com. Joining me, as always, is Dave McDonald. Dave, how you doing, my friend? Well, it's not always these days. You have been doing I some know. solo potting lately, so yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing well overall. I have uh, I have mixed emotions tonight. Obviously, uh, with Demar Hamlin's injury for the Bills, um, you know, very scary. Um, you know, that game is suspended indefinitely, as as it should have been. Um, you know, just hoping hoping he's okay. Uh, and then on the other side of things, I saw my boy Donovan Mitchell just drop 71 in a huge comeback win against the Bulls. And uh, that was, you know, like most points scored by an individual player since 2017. Pretty awesome. Um, you know, that guy is just, he's, he's the total package. I've seen a lot of LeBron games here, and uh, this is the best individual performance I've ever seen in a game. So it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really watch basketball. So. Uh, I do play in some fantasy. Well, I play in two, three sport leagues, so I have to follow basketball a little bit. Um, so if you are listening to this the day it comes out, uh, obviously you'll be like, hey, that happened like a few days ago. Uh, we <laughs> are we are recording uh, this episode on January 2nd. Uh, it should go live on January 7th. So if anything happens with the Philadelphia Phillies over the next five days, I apologize. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, like Dave mentioned, I'm recording a lot of podcasts, 30 podcasts in 30 days, yep. um, previewing every team. Dave's going to do a lot of them with me, uh, but there's going to be a lot more, uh, that are done with me and, uh, just a, a different guest each episode. Uh, we don't have a guest for tonight. It's just me and Dave, and we are going to talk Phillies. Uh, just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter. I just Mason FWFB. You can follow Dave on Twitter at run DMCD. Don't forget that D. Add that uh, D. Yep. Uh, you can follow Fantasy Benefits uh, on Twitter at Fantasy Benefits. Um, email me to the show for fantasybenefits at gmail.com. Give us a five star review. Really, really, really um, appreciate those who have gone and given us five star reviews uh, you know, over the course of the last year or so. But I'm going to actually start pushing for them. So we're going to do this. Uh, and I'm just coming up with this on the fly. Uh, I will give a random five-star review uh, a free Rotoware t-shirt. Um, Ooh, so damn. This All is right. good. This is good through the end of the month. Um, and we'll do one every month until the start of baseball. So through the end of March. So we'll have one for January. We'll have one for February. We'll have one for March. 
uh, a free Red or Rare T-shirt for a five star for a for a five star review, a random five star review. Uh, so go over to iTunes, five star review. Uh, if you don't have iTunes, steal somebody's phone with iTunes. I was gonna say like, there's no other way to to review like yeah. on Android. <laughs> it's yeah, so annoying. So I, I don't know if Spotify does five star reviews. Um, I don't think anything. so. I'll, I'll I'll check if they do. Then do that. Um, and if if you have like a podcast player that isn't iTunes and you want to leave five star review, and you do on that platform, send a screenshot of it to me, and I will enter you into the drawing. Right, so uh, you can do that uh, either via uh, email, uh, justinmasonfantasy at gmail or on Twitter at justinmasonfwfb. And listen, um, if you guys want to, you know, still tell us we suck, you know, our, our DMs are open. You know, you can always you, you uh, can you know, tell us we suck and give yeah, us five stars. Exactly. Like, like you're like, hey, I want to support you guys, but I also want to tell you you suck on the on the yeah. download. You know, we're we're okay with that. So, I, you know, I would just... prefer that you don't do that on the review. But like if that's the only way to get the five <laughs> stars and you want to win a free T-shirt um, and I won't limit you to just the Justin Mason T-shirt. <laughs> um, but if you ask for a Justin Mason t-shirt, if you're the winner, I might get you a second one just for the hell of it. Oh, so, wow. Gonna say and, and if, uh, if you say Justin sucks, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a third t-shirt too. Yeah. And that's, that's probably not, <laughs> that, that may disqualify you. Um, so, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, give us five-star review, get yourself entered in to win a free t-shirt from Rotoware. Rotoware is a fantastic company. Uh, I probably own the most wear t-shirts. Um, you definitely and, do. And uh, and I love them. I mean, I probably got like 60 or 70 wear t-shirts. It, they're Jesus absolutely Christ. amazing. Kenny sent me some more. Um, I don't know if I even showed you this, Dave. But he sent me Justin Mason stickers. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube later on, you can oh, see uh, along with a uh, happy holidays from... These are... Uh... These are no longer accurate. Uh, for those of you who can't see us, Justin's no longer rocking a beard. So these oh, uh, yeah. Mason faces, I mean, it's still, it's it's in the baby growing phases. Yeah, it's been a few days, yeah. So, <laughs> um, it'll be back. Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> once, once Christmas hit and I was no longer going to be Santa Claus anymore at any function, <laughs> I decided that beard needed to go because it was getting way too long. Uh, let's Let's jump in and talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, because they are a team packed uh, with talent for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and we start behind the plate where you have the number one catcher in the game. Um, or at least I think he's the number one catcher in the game. Uh, he's going pretty early in drafts at this point. Um, and I think that's well worth the price. Actually, even I just drafted him in my most recent draft, which was uh, one of the last uh, Gladiator Leagues uh, that NFBC was doing. Uh Dave, what are your thoughts on Jitiro Muto? Would you pay the price for him? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the price, you know, you said it's high. I I mean, it's true, but it's also, like you said, it's it's warranted. I mean, you know, you can look at kind of who else is going around him. And I mean, like, you know, you've got Francisco Lindor and, you know, uh, Goldschmidt goes a little bit above him. I, I, you know, I do love Goldschmidt. Um, but honestly, I think I would take Real Muto over Lindor fairly easily. I mean, Lindor's got more power, but I mean, they're going to hit for a similar average. Real Muto might have, uh, a, like, especially with the new rules next year, I could see him running even more. Um, I mean, he, he did have 21 steals last year. Now he is going to be 32 this year. So I am a little wary there, but 
We also saw him kick in a whole nother gear last year in the second half where, I mean, he hit uh, 15 homers, had 10 of his steals, hit 309. Um, I just, I love the skills. And when you can get a guy like that at catcher, it's such a game changer. Um, you know, and this is a guy who has, you know, had consistently, you know, f- like 530 plus plate appearances uh, every year uh, other than his first full year. So, and of course, other than 2020, the short season, but um, extremely reliable. But I do always have that caveat with catchers where because they're involved in every play, they are more likely to get hurt. Uh, you know, you, you get a finger jammed, you get a swing hits you, you know, the ball skips into you. You know, there's so many ways to get to get hurt as a catcher. Um, but as far as it goes, you can't get any better than Real Muto. And he's in a great lineup. He hits in a good spot in the lineup. Uh, there's really not much to not not to like about him. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I mean, I he's one of my early round targets, uh, depending on kind of how the draft board falls to me. Um, I think this there is an argument this year um, that you shouldn't take Jitru Real Muto because the catching pool in general is just so much uh, deeper and better than it's ever been. Uh, that being said, he gives you such an advantage over the rest of the pool. I'm fine with it. Um, so, I, I, you know, he's a guy that, depending on where I'm at in the draft, if he falls to me, I'll take him. Uh, like I said, I took him uh, early in the second round um, in uh, in the Gladiator uh, format. Uh, now, that's a little bit different format for those who don't know. It's um, they're no longer, I don't think they're even uh, going to fill anymore this year. So you'll have to wait till next year to even try it. But uh, if you if you haven't already signed up, but it is, you know, a 15 team uh, re- standard rosters, but no bench. You are stuck with a player you draft at every position. And I just felt like in a place like that, uh, he was a huge advantage because of the amount of plate appearances he gets. He's always like top three or four in terms of plate appearances every year at the position. Um, and so I, I, I took the gamble there. Um, well, moving over to first base, we've got Reese Hoskins, uh, who I think is uh, adequately priced. He's fine. Um, you know, he proved that he's he's healthy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hoskins? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he, we, he is what he is. He's a power guy who's going to hit, you know, 245 with 30 homers. You know, there's maybe a little upside there for like 35 homers, but um, – Generally, this is not the direction that I would go. I mean, you've got, you know, Jose Abreu going around him. I would take him over him easily. You got Christian Walker going after him. I'd take Walker over him. I'd even probably rather take a shot on Andrew Vaughn a couple rounds later. Jose Miranda, I like more. Even Mountcastle, Rizzo. Like, there's just, there's so many guys that do exactly what he does that I just don't see myself taking any Reese Hoskins. Like, when he was going later and he was a good value, I was fine with it. But now that he's kind of going, I think a little higher than he should be going. I just, there's not much there for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I th- but I think he also kind of is um, him and him and Walker kind of the last of that tier. Um, and that's why I think he kind of gets pushed up a little bit. Uh, I think he's about as safe as you can do in that spot, right? Like, you know, you're going to get around 30 home runs. Yeah, you know safe. you're you know you're gonna get a 245 average and you know boatload of RBIs and uh like he like you can pretty much pencil in what you're gonna get from him. I agree. I, f- I feel like uh, you know pick one what pick 124 right now uh in DC since December 1st like is 
uh, a bit high. It feels high. Like yeah. I, I feel like I should be attacking a different position, especially with the depth at first base. Like, give me Josh Bell at pick one ninety in a different position than I'm attacking at one twenty. Like I just, yep, you know. Yeah, I mean, Josh Bell, you could easily see Josh Bell having a better year than Reese Hoskins next year. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not as safe, but, I mean, 70-pick difference, so. Yeah. Um, Bryson Stott was a trendy sleeper coming into uh, last season. Uh, our boy uh, Rob DiP- uh, DiPietro uh, was a big fan of his, or a lot of other people in the industry that were big fans of uh, Bryson Stott. He had a kind of up-and-down year. The final line is fine for what he did. He played 127 games, four and six plate appearances, 10 on runs, 12 stolen bases, hit 234. He's going to have a full-time job, or it looks like he's going to have a full-time job as a starting second baseman uh, in uh, in Philadelphia next year. I feel like he's a bit underrated right now. Like People are um, overlooking him a little bit. What are your thoughts on Bryson Stott for 2023? Yeah, I, I like him, actually. I think he, I mean, like the first half, he was like, a, you know, he was saying 200. It, it looked like he really started to settle in in the second half. And I know some of that was Babip luck, but I think he was also hitting the ball harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he he just, he does a lot of things where you can imagine it all kind of adding up to being a, a solid player. Like, I don't think there's anything special about him necessarily, but I do think for getting like your middle infield late or whatever, you know, he's going to give you some homers, some steals, um, and a solid average. Like I, I, I think he'll be better than the two thirty four he was. Like I think the the guy we saw in the second half is probably more along the lines of what we can expect moving forward. Um, you know, two fifty, maybe even two sixty average. You know, he doesn't strike out a lot. Um, you know, his nineteen percent K rate last year is good as a rookie. Um, yeah, I just I just think that there's there's some things it's it's not a guy that you're gonna pay up for, but you don't have to pay up for him. Like he for where he goes, which is where does he go now? Let's see. He's going around 220-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean like you look at the guys that he's going around, and yeah, I, I'm I, I'm happy with him. So uh yeah, I, I think Stott is the kind of guy you can um you can feel good about as like a can it kind of help you out every all, all around uh, in every category? Yeah, he's also second and in, in shortstop eligible. Uh, with Gene Segura signing in Miami, uh, right. he's clearly the everyday second baseman. I think one of the big issues with Stott was like we didn't know how much he was going to play, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, he had a job and then he lost a job uh, and then he got a job back. Uh, but uh, he's kind of cemented in. I think he could be like a 15 15 guy. Um, yeah. with like a 250 260 batting average, um, yep. and I think that plays at pick 220. So, uh, I think he's one of those guys where he gives you he continues to add to your balance if you've drafted balance. Uh, so I, I like Bryce Stott where he's going. I think he's like I said, a little bit underrated this year. Uh, Trey Turner is their big offseason signing or one of their big offseason signings. Uh, he is uh. I believe still the first uh, overall player off the board. He is, um, you know, kind of starting to separate himself a little bit from Ronald Cunha, but they're kind of interchanged. You know, you throw in Jose Ramirez and a bunch of other guys, uh, you know, J-Rod, Aaron Judge, things, uh, players like that. But Trey Turner's almost always going to be, and so far uh, he has been drafted in the top three of every draft champion since December 1st. Um, Is he... 
the number one overall player for you? You know, he's the guy who I've been saying is the number one overall player for years. Um, and this is probably going to be the first year where I, I don't think he's the number one overall player, actually. And I think he's fine. Like, I I, do, I don't have much to say about him. You know, he's he's a five-category stud. You know, this guy contributes everywhere. Um, home runs, steals, RBI, runs, average. He gives you everything. And, you know, as he gets into his 30s, you know, we, we probably can't expect – uh, the 30 steals to continue necessarily. Like he had 708 plate appearances last year and still only had 27 steals, you know, especially being on the Dodgers where they don't really need to run, you know, like they've got, you know, great hitters in the lineup after him. I, I just don't know that now with the real new rules next year, he might run more, but then again, relative to everybody else, I don't know that that's going to matter. So, um, you know, he's still great, but I would still prefer, I think, J-Ram over him and uh, Otani is probably still my number one overall pick. So especially if oh. they're going to pitch every five days, like I heard that they are thinking about. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm surprised that it's Otani. For me, it's J-Ram uh, is my n- number one overall pick. I just think the pool third base, Yeah, uh, if, if I'm going to have a toss-up, and I, think, I really do think it's a toss-up between – Trey Turner and J Ram that uh, I'm going to take the player that gives me the best like positional flexibility. Um, and I think sure. that, uh, that, that Jose Ramirez does that. Uh, that being said, I love Trey Turner. Like if I end up with Trey Turner at yeah. pick two or three, I'm going to be absolutely stoked. Um, For sure. And one of the reasons why you will, unless I forget to set KDS or KDS runs so quickly, uh, you know, because like a, a slow draft fills up, um, and I, I'm not paying attention. Um, uh, I'm never going to have one, two, or probably even three early in my KDS. It's just not going to happen. So Because uh, you but, don't care who calls you at like four or five or whatever. Yeah, I, I think there is a real discussion of like like who the top ten are. Like I, I honestly want to pick, you know, right around eight, nine, ten. Um, Me too. And yeah. because I'll get that earlier pick in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have a, a strong preference on J Ram versus Trey Turner versus Otani versus well, uh, Julio Rodriguez versus, um, you know, a number of other guys. I know I'm in the minority with Otani at one if he pitches every uh, six starts again, but I don't think there's much. I mean, Maybe there's some question, but I, in my mind, there's not much question that he's the number one player if he pitches. I mean, if he gets normal two starts like any other pitcher, I mean, that's insane. Um, I know that you only get either the pitching or the hitting. Yeah. You don't get both. I get that. Um, but that flexibility is so key. I, I mean, I've, I, I, I said I had him last year, and being able to choose the weeks that I can make him either a starter or a hitter, and yes, you're going to miss out on some weeks and whatever, but – you know, things don't always go according to plan when you're drafting. And sometimes your hitters are going to fail where you thought you had a strong offense. And now all of a sudden you can move Otani, who you thought was going to be a pitcher, to being a hitter, and you can kind of recover. You can't do that with any other player in, in yeah. fantasy baseball. And to me, that is so massive of a difference that I'm willing to take him first overall. But the thing is, you don't have to take him first. Like, you can get like the seventh or eighth pick and still get Otani, who I think his, his min is seven. In his min is one. His minutes well, no, one. Well, well, I'm sorry. It, it, uh, since December first, like he has not gone in a draft. Oh, yet. okay. He's not going to draft higher than seventh since uh, since December first. Okay. Um, you know, so 
yeah, I think you can. Uh, getting back to Turner, I, just a stud. Like, there's nothing you yep. can say. I, I think my argument against Otani is because he does both, he's just more likely to get injured um, than, you know, pretty much everybody going ahead of him. Uh, and that, I mean, outside of uh, outside of Aaron Judge, probably. Um, so, but, but even Judge, when he hurts uh, himself pitching, doesn't mean he can't necessarily hit. Still, you know, like he was he was out with you know Tommy John or whatever, and still hitting. Yeah, I don't know. I, we don't know if that'll be what happens this we next don't. time. Like we just don't. I mean, and I just I feel very uncomfortable with with that. And I you know one of the things I've really tried to hammer home for people is if you feel uncomfortable with a pick, don't make it. Like yeah. it just, I mean, that's, that's you fun. know. And to me, like if I'm at pick five. Um, and the board goes off Turner, Acuna, Ramirez, and probably um, Kyle Julio um, or Julio. Like I may make that decision and I do want to get Otani on a team this year. Um, but uh, uh, I just have a really hard time taking him over Turner and Ramirez for sure. I think, yeah, I think mean, the if, other guys, you have a real opportunity to make the argument. I think if I get an early pick, I'm probably going Jose. And then if I get a middle pick, I'm probably going Otani. And then late picks, you know, different. Maybe yeah. um, probably Betts and Jordan Alvarez are, are my guys if, later. So If I felt worse about the starting pitcher pool this year, I would probably put Otani one. But I think the starting pitcher pool is so deep um, that uh, I, yeah. I, I don't feel the desire to pick a starting pitcher that early. Uh, um, you, you, but you're gonna have so many injuries and in, in times where absolutely. you're gonna need someone. It's it's you're, there's there's absolutely gonna be weeks where you're gonna wish you could put an ace into your rotation for a week where you have enough hitting to get by. For sure, it's the guy who drafted Lucas Giolito. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly, and, and that's what I mean. Sometimes your plans change, right? Like, so yeah. you draft Giolito thinking, "Hey, there's my I got my ace," and now all of a sudden it turns out you don't have an ace. Now I can plug in Otani, where I because like let's say you drafted enough hitters where. You know he's a utility guy. You can throw your best non-starting uh, player from any position in your utility position, and then you put Otani in at pitcher. Boom, you fixed your problem. So it, that flexibility is so uh, unique. I yeah, I know. talked a lot uh, enough about Otani during the Phillies. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna move it along. Uh, let's talk about Alec Baum, um, who's a guy who had a decent little season, but it's kind of meh or bland 13 home runs two stolen bases hit 280 which is great but we're still talking about a guy who played in 152 games and you got 13 home runs and two stolen bases are you drafting alec bomb at all yeah i you know we, and we've kind of he's he's teased us before uh you know 2020 and everything but obviously that was a small sample and this isn't a guy who i think is going to hit like you know 30 homers or anything but um you know his his power in the second half he hit nine of his 13 homers in the second half um you know he's he made he had big gains versus both righties and lefties in the second half he he just hit the ball better um you know he's he's got he has speed like if he wants to run he can um I, you know, if he, if he can ever increase his launch angle, I mean, I know we say that for a lot of guys, you know, it's like the Yandy Diaz problem, but you know, if he can increase that launch angle, he can get 20 plus. So, um, you know, I think the pieces are there for him to potentially break out. Uh, will he though? I, I don't know. Um, but you know, for where he goes, 179, 
you know, third base for as as shallow of a position as it is, I don't hate it. So he's definitely on my radar, um, but I'm not going to say, like, I'm super, super excited about him. Unless I, like, badly need batting average um, at that point in the draft, like, I'm probably just not going to touch him. Uh, I'd rather have Josh Rojas going after him. I'd rather have Brandon Jury going after him. I'd rather have Ryan McMahon going after him. I'd rather have Josh Young going after him. Um yeah, I just, just I, all the guys going after him. I, I think I'd rather just have like it, like I, I, and I was a big Alec Baum fan the last couple of years. Uh, and the hard part is he just has not raised his launch angle. Even like you were just mentioning, hit more home runs in the second half. His launch angle went up 0.4 degrees. Like that's it. Like he was still hitting forty seven percent ground balls. Like uh, obviously like, that's that's a big problem. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's, it's a huge problem. Like. If he does raise the launch angle, if we're looking at him in spring, you go, hey, his launch angle looks like it's coming up a little bit. Then I can start. To and who knows if those, we've, we've seen those gains in spring yeah. and then they don't hold too. So yeah. who knows if that if that even matters, but it at least will get you more excited about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least you're not having to pay very much for him. But at the same right. time, there's still guys going after him. Then I just I feel a lot better about utilizing uh, you know, this year. So I will say a lot of the guys that you named, I'm not really very high on. So I, I still kind of, uh, the names that you like, like Josh Rojas, I just don't think he's a good hitter. I mean, there's some other guys that you said, um, Josh Rojas said, is, a, is a pretty decent hitter. He's a bad defender. Um, I may cost him time. I won't have any Josh Rojas. So I don't know. That's fine. Huh? I don't know. Uh, I just, I, I again, Ryan, I, I don't Ryan think McMahon. targeting boom. I just, I, yeah, Ryan McMahon. No, I don't. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Derek Hall will be uh, likely the DH while Bryce Harper is recovering from Tommy John surgery. Question becomes, what is his role after Bryce Harper returns? Because yeah. it would either likely put Bryce Harper back into the DH as he kind of readjusts to, uh, you know, being healthy after Tommy John surgery, uh, or they will put Kyle Schwarber or Nick Castellanos at DH because they suck defensively. Um, are you drafting Derek Hall? So here's the thing. I, I, he is intriguing, but the problem is that he's probably only going to be a platoon versus, uh, versus righties at best anyhow. Um, so upside is limited, but you know, at the same time you can, you can, if you play versus all righties, you're going to get a good amount of at bat still. Um, I definitely think there's some pluses here. I mean, he is 17 and a half barrel percentage, uh, you know, 44 and a half percent hard hit rate, 113 max EV. Um, you know, the contact rate was 70%, which is passable. Um, you know, zone contact is 84.7%. That's fine. Um, you know, he struck out 31% of the time and only walked three and a half percent of the time. That was the problem. But in the minors, he walked a lot more and struck out less. So, a lot of times guys come up as rookies and this is why I avoid those guys who are higher strikeout percentage guys in the minors because they come up and you can pretty much add five to 7% right off the bat to their K rate. Um, I think he could improve on, on that this year. I think he could, you know, come closer to his minor league walk and K K numbers next year. Um, but like you said, I don't know what happens when Bryce Harper comes back, but when is Bryce Harper coming back, you know, and, and, and where am I June? I think I'd probably take the over on that, but um, you know, and and where does Hall go? So Hall Hall is going, you know, six fourteen. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I don't like that term, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent in. 
yeah, for where he goes, yeah, he's he he'd honestly be a target for me. He's going in the forty fifth, forty first round. He that is free. Like he's. I mean, I mean, I will say though, he is a utility only player. So in draft and holds, it kind of sucks because usually you're drafting so many guys anyways that one of those guys is gonna be able to play utility that you don't want to just take a util only guy. But um, I I I'm definitely interested in his bat at that cost. Yeah, but I mean, there's a legit shot that he gets first base eligibility pretty early in the season. I mean, he played almost a quarter of his games at first base uh, when he was up. So, like, I I would say he probably gets first base eligibility, I'd say, you know, maybe mid-May. The problem is, like, yeah, Bryce Harper is scheduled to come back in, you know, June. You know, even if you push that to the All-Star break, you know, you're getting half of a season from a UT only player that, you know, and a guy who uh, likely is probably, unless there's an injury, is going to head back down to the minor leagues. I mean, he's just, I don't think they're going to keep him up as a bench bat. Yeah. Uh, but when you're, when you're drafting for, you know, you're, you're, you're worried about current production at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season more than, you know, especially when you're that late. I mean, sure. you can basically take him with your last pick and, and redraft leagues, but, uh, you know, and draft and holds, yeah, you're you're limited to just that early period. I think, but I think never I think where you said is the place to take them is you know you know it's your last pick in a redraft yeah. league. You're yeah. getting some kind of cheap power early on in the season. You can drop him as soon as playing time becomes an issue. Uh, I think that's kind of the perfect place to take a, take a guy like Hall. Uh, let's talk about Bryce Harper because he is going to miss probably close to the first half of the season. What scenarios would you draft Bryce Harper in? Yeah, see, I I really haven't thought about this much, but I mean, my <laughs> every time people not every time, but pretty much every time people draft someone thinking that someone's gonna be back uh, at at this time, it's almost always later than that time, and usually they end up holding these guys for as long as they do. Um, you know, cause you're, you're not able to pick up guys along the way as much cause you have to, you have to hold that stash spot open. Like you're not able to, uh, recycle players, you know, adding hitters who are, uh, who have a good week in hitting coming up, who you can add, who can make an impact for that week. So you're costing yourself points along the way while you're waiting for your guy to come back. And yeah, obviously Bryce Harper's really good. And when he comes back, um, the hope is that he's ready to go and, and really good right away. But that doesn't always work that way. You know, sometimes these guys take a while to get in, you know, into a groove and, um, you know, depending on the injury, it could affect their, their hitting. Um, I just tend to stay away from these situations where a guy's going to miss more than like, other than like the first week or two, if it's something like that, I might be willing to make an exception. But when we're talking about missing a month plus, I'm generally not doing it. Yeah, I'm with you. Like he, he's unlikely to be on any of my teams except for leagues in which I have like unlimited IL spots. Um, and so if you are in a league that you know has a lot of IL spots um, or unlimited IL spots, like I get taking the gamble there. Um, but that's a long time to wait. You may be out of contention by the time he's back. Yeah, like that. That's just like you know. And so you're you could be potentially like wasting a really productive spot um he has to go just really really cheaply in a league where i have unlimited il just um and i only play in one league like that uh so uh tout wars only chance i probably have at uh at getting bryce harper all right uh moving right along into the outfield uh we've got kyle schwarber 
who had a massive year, right? I think if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Aaron Judge had 62 home runs, uh, people would be talking a hell of a lot more about what Kyle Schwarber was doing in Philadelphia. Uh, where are you taking Kyle Schwarber? Yeah, I mean, the power is massive. You know, we uh, drafted him in our, in our main event because, you know, going to Philadelphia, you know, that he has he has the kind of bat where, uh, you know, he could hit 50 homers and it wouldn't wouldn't shock anyone. He came damn close with 46 last year. Um, you know, the 218 average to me seems like it was just a BABIP, you know, bad luck there. Like, you know, I definitely expect him to hit closer to, you know, 240, 250, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot. He also added 10 steals last year and yeah. you know, this, this is a guy who does have some speed. Like he's never really run consistently, but he's the kind of guy who can take advantage of, uh, of some opportunities when given to him. So, uh, I could see him being a big beneficiary of the, of the rules next year where he, he might run. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to steal 20 plus, but he could steal 10, 12 again, something like that. 15 wouldn't shock me. Um, for a guy who could hit 50 bombs with, you know, 10 to 15 homers or 10 to 15 steals. <clears throat> yeah. He's basically Aaron judge with the worst hit tool. I mean, he's, he's not going to hit, you know, 280, 290 or anything like that. You know, I think his, his upside is probably like what you saw in 2021, 266. Um, you know, that you would pray for that. That would be amazing if he hits 266 again, but you know, even if he hits 240, you know, considering everything else that he's giving you, uh, it's really good. And uh, I haven't uh, looked where he's going yet. Let's see, pick 60. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not that he's not worth it. I just don't know if I'll be going that direction most times because I like a lot of the pitching that goes around that time, and I might be still trying to get some steals, more steals at that point. But I don't think he's a bad pick. If you've started off with some guys who are maybe not getting you uh, much power, he could be a, a nice pick-me-up at that point. For me, kind of represents the last guy in the outfield I really, really want. Like, um, wow, holy shit! Outfield is terrible. I don't know if you have. You can't work. even fill your outfield that early. <laughs> like, I even know. if you picked all outfield until then, you'd be. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it outfield is terrible. He's the fifteenth outfielder off the board, and he's the last one I. There's a lot of outfielders after him that I'm interested in. What are you? Oh, no, not that I'm not interested in, but like that I don't have like a serious red flag about. Like, there's no like I you know I mean all right. Almost every other guy has like real red flags. Um, okay, I mean, uh, yeah. the, the outfield pool this year just sucks. Um, and obviously, like you know, even if you're playing in a ten-team three outfielder league, you're gonna need more than fifteen. There's gonna be more than fifteen outfielders drafted in your league. So, um, right, you, know, you just have to you know fill it with crap. But outfield <laughs> is what catcher used to be, or what shortstop used to be before both those positions got a lot deeper. Outfield just is, is really really terrible this year. Um, so I can understand why he's going 60th. It feels really high. Um, if you, you know, and I love Kyle Schwarber. I had a lot of Kyle Schwarber last year. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, but, like, it feels really, really high. I'll probably do it. Um, just because, like I said, I hate what outfield looks like. And, um, you know, I, I made a joke on a podcast recently, like, screw pocket aces. I'm doing pocket outfielders. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and you know, Kyle Schwartz, you know, if, if Kyle Schwartz is my number two outfielder, I'm feeling a lot better about my offense kind of moving forward. You know, so. actually, if you draft from the number one slot and you take an outfielder first, then you get uh-huh. 30, 31, and then 60, 61, you could feasibly finish your outfield with Kyle Schwarber. Hey, you know, it's, you start, um, uh, Julio Rodriguez one, um, and then you take. Uh, or you Mike can even go Trout. with Cunio, yeah, or Julio, yeah. Yeah, you take Mike Trout and uh, Michael Harris uh, at the 2-3 turn, and then Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwerber. Uh, what, what what ADP are you looking at? I'm looking at From 12-1 uh, yeah. to 1-2, you, you ain't got a shot at – Cedric Mullins is going 47. He ain't going to be there at oh, 60. And, and Mike Trout and Michael Harris. And Mike Trout and Michael Harris are both going okay, like 23, I'm, I'm taking, So I'll take Luis Robert and Randy Rosarena at the 2-3 turn. Okay. And then I'm taking right. Kyle Schwarber and I guess uh, – Okay, so I guess you can't finish it with uh, five Yeah, you, you can get four. You can get four. You can get four. Yeah. Unless someone drops. You never know. Someone could drop. True. Um, someone could drop. Seems unlikely, but like, how comfortable <laughs> do you feel with Adolis Garcia? Because I don't feel comfortable with Adolis Garcia. I don't feel comfortable. Uh, like, I like I like Corbin Carroll's upside, but him him going sixty six, it feels like an insanely high tax on a guy that really hasn't proven much at the major, proven much of anything. Um, I like Eloy. I think Eloy is. Uh, yeah, I like, like Eloy too. Now that he's not playing in the field anymore, now yeah. I love Eloy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and there are other guys I like. You know, Brian Reynolds, I think, is probably underrated this year. Yeah, uh, I just can't do it on Pittsburgh, though. Fuck. God, that's you know, so bad. Just hope he gets traded. Um, all right. Uh, moving uh, around the uh, outfield, Nick Castellanos had just a really, really disappointing season um, in 2022. Are, are you expecting he will rebound some in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I I like these opportunities where a guy who I like I'm pretty comfortable taking Nick Castellanos. Like, I feel like it was definitely you know he took an, uh, a hit by pitch. Uh, I think in like May. Or, I don't know. Like, there's something like with his wife had a baby, and then um, and then he he took a hit by pitch off his wrist. And wrist injuries are so bad for hitters because without. <laughs> Without your wrist, obviously, you can't do much. So, you know, it definitely seemed like he was playing injured for most of the year. But then in, in August, he hit five home runs again. And uh, But then he had, like, turf toe and oblique injury uh, in September, I believe. Um, yeah, like, I feel like this is the time to take advantage. Like, this is a guy whose skill set I, I feel pretty good about. Like, I think he's going to hit 25 to 30 homers with a, you know, 280, 290 average, you know, with – with good counting stats, uh, I'm definitely in on that. And that's that's what you want to do. You want to take advantage of those situations where you're getting guys at their at their low mark, you know, where you're you're pretty confident that they're better than what 
than what they did last year, unless you have concerns that he's still injured going into next year, which it doesn't seem like any of those injuries would hurt him for next year. Um, you know, I'm looking at where he's going, like 131. Yeah, I, I like that spot a lot. There are a lot of guys around him that, that are going that I like too, though. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in on Castellanos this year. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I don't I don't know if I'm as high on the batting average as you, but I I do believe he'll hit 25 to 30 home runs um, as long as he's healthy, and uh, I don't think there's a reason to think he's not. Um, I think too that uh, he will get more time at DH. I think part of the issue with Castellanos too was Harper couldn't play the field. Castellanos had to play the field um, with Harper out early on. I think they could use him at DH more. Um, kind of get him out of the field where he he just struggles. I mean, um, elites versus lefties because they'll probably have Hall face righties, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, so I think there'll just be opportunities to give him more of a break and give him a little breather, and uh, I think that'll be beneficial for him. I I'm a big Cassiano's guy. I was last year w- was really disappointing. Um, yeah, uh, great. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I didn't get him in a lot of my big money drafts, but I got him a lot in early in draft season. Uh. So I'm. I'll be going back to the well, Cassiano. Were you, said. were you surprised that he was going 131? Like I, I actually thought he might no. be going lower. I was actually. Oh, oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised. <laughs> I, I, I was initially surprised he was going as high as he was. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the rest of the outfield pool. No, I, I, I'm play. not saying it's too high. I'm yeah. I, by no means am I saying 131 is too high. But considering just how bad his year was last year, it just sucks. The people are still as sharp as they are, where they know better than to give too much of a discount there. Like I, mean, I thought, he might be more problem, in the 180. Yeah, rate. well, the problem is the guys going in the 180s are Oscar Gonzalez and Riley <laughs> Green and Whit Merritt and Nemo. Yeah, Joey Manessis. Like these are. Yeah, like, I mean. Like Cody Bellinger's going 177. <laughs> yeah, is just really, really bad this year. Is what it in it, it outfield. That that's a problem. So you well here, guys, here. Okay, well, what about like Mitch Hanniger at 172? Like I'm, I'm kind of shocked he's going 40 picks after Castellanos. Honestly, um, I am too. Okay, yeah, I don't I mean, know. I you know I, but I think that's probably where Mitch Hanniger should be going. Um, yeah, yeah. I just thought now. that maybe Castellanos would be going around there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too, but uh, I'm okay with it considering the rest of the pool. Yeah, no, um, it's it's still good. My boy Brandon Marsh, uh, he looks Ooh. like he's going to be in line for full time plate appearances. Uh, even when Harper comes back, I think Brandon Marsh continues to get full time plate appearances because uh, he's a really really good defender. And when you've got uh, a guy like Nick Cassianos and a guy like Kyle Schwarber, you know, man in the corners, you need a really good center fielder. Brandon Marsh is that. Uh, there is upside. There's power. There's speed. The contact skills are the thing in question. Is Brandon Marsh going to be a guy that I regret drafting on all my fantasy teams? Yes. Uh, I was going to say, he's your boy. He ain't my boy. Um, This is a guy who, you know, now through, you know, 750 or something plate appearances in the majors, he's still got a K rate around 35%. (laughs) That's that's way too high. Um, Yeah, he steals some bases and yeah, he hits some homers, but I mean, that average could crater with with a K rate that high and a contact rate, you know, uh, he could easily find himself out of the lineup. I mean, he could hit, he could be he could be hitting 210, 220. And uh, I, I get that he's really good defensively. So maybe it's a Miles Straw situation where they just bump him down to the nine slot and keep playing him every day like the Guardians do. But uh, I don't know, man. I just that's not a profile I'm interested in investing in at all. Can I 
give you some counterpoints. Ready? Yeah, you always do. All right. From the trade uh, to Philadelphia from the Angels uh, on, he had an 87.5% zone contact rate, above, which is above league average. He had just what, 11... what, uh, what time frame are we talking about? Like how many plate appearances? We're ta- uh, it was from August 1st on. Okay. Um, so we're like ta- we're, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking 138 plate appearances. So it's okay. a small sample for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, that's fine. That's fine. I just he, wanted he had, he had 11, he had 11% swinging strike rate during that time. He okay. 288, had three home runs and two stolen bases. Okay. Um, he also had a few times in which he let off during that time for Philadelphia. I he's a former top prospect. These guys get buried when they struggle. They come up to the major leagues. Like, you know, I just think he's one of those guys that maybe needs a little bit more time to kind of adjust to major league pitching. He's getting that opportunity in Philadelphia. He's a guy you don't have to pay a ton for. Um, I like Brandon Marshall a lot. I think he's an upside play. Power, speed. He's showing the ability, he showed the ability towards the end of the season that he can hit for contact. I think uh, Brandon Marsh is, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to call him a sleeper because I don't want to think those things really exist. Um, but I think he's just, uh, you know. Aren't you on a podcast called The Sleeper in the Bust? I am. Okay. Yeah. But sleepers don't exist? I think in today's day and age, are there really sleepers? <laughs> I mean, I get, you know, like, they're definitely bust. <laughs> Uh, you know, but sleepers are not like I don't think sleepers are really a thing anymore. Um, okay. When when every single fantasy analyst writes some sort of article entitled "Sleepers for 2023," um, like there's no such thing as sleepers. There so are guys who re- are under undervalued and guys who are overvalued. But. Can we just rename your pod the Bust? Might it, be more accurate. It might just become the Bust and the Bust. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the bust and the guys who are just really undervalued or whatever you put like you know the, really the, flows, the, the undervalued in the bust the undervalued in the bust yeah it really flows off the yeah. tongue you know it's mm-hmm. it's very natural sounding yeah i think that could work um i mean hey you know if this is a guy that you feel good about you know go ahead i i would advise not putting him on every team but it's not like it's gonna break you it's not like he goes at an early enough point where it's gonna like really crush you but 288. Yeah, 288 is fine. Like, it's yeah, just like, it, it is. There's probably other guys I would take at that point over him, but I mean, it's just. And the thing is, he won't end up on all my teams because there'll be someone in my drafts that go, I like Brandon Marsh. Maybe. I know Dustin likes Brandon Marsh, and I'm going to take, you know, <laughs> it, 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 this will be like the guy I get in all of my early drafts. And then, like, just like Cedric Mullins, I won't get him in any of my <laughs> drafts. Um, so if he breaks Fair out, enough. I'm just going to you know, fucking eat it, I guess. Um, yeah. Do we care about Matt Veerling at all? I Yeah, I do, actually. I, I actually low-key really like Matt Veerling. Like, I really wish he was getting playing time. Um, you know, I, I I do like him as, I mean, you can get him super late, obviously, because he's not even starting, really, right? Like, he, I'm pretty sure he's the fourth outfielder there now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the fourth outfielder until... Um, uh, until Bryce Harper comes back, and then he's the fifth outfielder. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of similar to Stott, like with with the power speed, you know, batting average combo. Um, you know, I I think he's a guy who he just needs to get more more playing time. Um, he doesn't strike out a lot, 
Um, he's he's got a good max EV 112, 47% hard hit rate. You know, he doesn't barrel a ton of the balls, but uh, he raised his launch angle last year. He doubled it from six to 12. Um, yeah, I mean, zone contact rate is 89.5%, contact rate 82%. I, I do. I, I like Veerling. He's a guy who I would take uh, in some DCs and, you know, at some point just assume that he's going to get some playing time in that outfield. Uh, it's not exactly a picture of health out there. So I could, I could certainly see him getting some, some playing time and, uh, and being useful. Yeah. I mean, he's going pick five fifty seven yeah. uh, in draft champions uh, since December 1st. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that that's pretty damn cheap. He does have power. He does his speed. He actually has pretty good contact skills. If he finds his way into a full-time role, right. um, for instance, like, you know, Bryce Harper, let's say Bryce Harper's out till the All-Star break. Um, and, you know, Nick Castellanos has had injury issues during his career, goes down. Like he, he would, you know, likely become their like everyday right fielder. Yep. Uh, and I think he could become very interesting. So uh, I think he'll have a hard time maintaining a spot once Harper comes back. Uh, but who knows? Let's say Brandon Marsh is just atrocious. Like I know Veerling's not a very good defender in center field necessarily, but he played like 60 games there last year. So like he could do it if they needed him. Yeah. I, I still think that there's a chance that they could end up benching Marsh despite his good yeah. defense. So yeah, and that's what I mean, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's I mean, clearly, clearly defense is not of the highest <laughs> of the highest uh, concern for this team with, with the, I mean, they, they have several guys who should be playing DH. So I mean, they don't, they clearly don't care that much about defense. Yeah. But you got to have then one guy who picks up the other guys. Right. And I think that's what Mark did. <laughs> Um, but like, you're right. They could just say, screw it. Yeah. We're, we're just going to out hit you. But I'm like, pretty yeah. sure Bryce Harper played a decent amount of center field last year, right? No, he, he DH'd most of the year because of oh, elbow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, ha- or maybe not last year, but in the past. He, ha- he has played it. He has played it in the past. I don't think they want Bryce Harper being the everyday DH. Though. No, and they, they shouldn't want him to be the everyday center fielder, but I still thought he played there. Or, sorry, everyday. Um, I don't even know if he played there at all last year. To be oh, sure. no, no, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, he hasn't played there. I mean, he played three games in 2020, but not since like 2018. So, and that was in Washington. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the pitching staff. Uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, their aces. Do you have any problem with there being your like SP1 or high end SP2s? No, my, my only problem with, with Nola is that like with, he's a stud, but with his approach, like he, he can have a bad, like not bad, but he can, his ERA isn't necessarily like, I don't feel as good about his ERA being like constantly under three as even a guy like Wheeler. And for where I have to take Nola, you know, at pick 39, I just don't love him there. Like he's really good. And it's not that he's not worth it, but like, you know, at pick 65, I can get Kevin Gaussman and I feel just as good about Gaussman as I do about Nola pretty much. Like, I don't know. Just, there's not, there's nothing about Nola that screams take me at pick 39 is basically what I'm saying. Like he's very, very good. Um, I don't think you're going to regret taking him, but at the same point, it's just, it's just too early for me. There's just other like Zach Wheeler at pick 54. I'd much rather do Wheeler at 54 than Nola at 39. Um, yeah. I I'm a big Wheeler fan. The guy is a workhorse three straight years, sub three ERA. Um, a slight concern with the velocity being down last year. You know, he was around 96, whereas he was at 97 before that. Um, but, you know, kind of like Bieber, he can make it work anyways. You know, he's, I mean, it's still really, you know, 96 is still very good. Um, but, you know, he's, 
he just uh, his slider, sinker, curve, four seamer. You know, he's just he's just a he's just a great pitcher that you can rely on. I know he missed some games last year, but overall, I you know I don't I don't see anything going into this year that would prevent him health wise from uh, not pitching two hundred innings again. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on both guys. I, I'm probably higher on Nola than you are. Um, I just think he's such a stable stable guy. Um, but uh, I have no problem with either of these guys being my one or my SP two. I really don't like. I just um, I I like Wheeler be, uh, a little bit more just because the discount. You know, like I don't think they're that far apart in terms of overall kind of uh, end of the year stats. And Wheeler's going like a full round after uh, after Nola. So. Um, but there could be a team where I just end up with both these guys. Like I have no problem with, you know, going Nola is my SP one and, and Wheeler is my SP two. So, um, all right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about Taiwan Walker after he signed, you and I are both not fans, um, of the landing spot of kind of, uh, I like what Walker does generally, but I think this is like the worst possible um, landing spot for him. He went from a team that had a great park in the Mets uh, and a pretty darn good defense behind him to a team that the defense has gotten better, but it, I don't think it's you know great by any stretch of the imagination. The park is atrocious uh, for a guy like Walker. Um, anything changed for you since we last talked about him? No, I mean we talked about him before we got on the podcast today too. Like yeah. he, nothing, none of his pitches. I mean, first of all, he has too many pitches too. Like, you know, he throws two, three, four, five, six pitches, you know, f- well, I, I don't know if he's still throwing all of them, but forcing or splitter slider, uh, sinker, curveball, uh, cutter. Like, yeah, it's too many pitches, man. Like, and he doesn't, none of them garner swinging strikes really. Like the splitter is the only one that gets swinging strikes and it's not even good compared to other splitters. So there's just, I, he's just very blah. Like it's, it's not that he can't, you know, be useful as like a, a filler guy who you can just, you know, put in there to get you 150 innings of, you know, maybe 3.8, 3.9 ERA, you know, 1.2 whip, something like that uh, with an okay, so like a little bit of strikeouts, but not much. Um, and then hoping he gets, gets you wins on a good offense. But, you know, I just, I don't see much upside there and I'd rather take shots on guys who I think could, massively outproduce their draft slot. And I don't think he's that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you that. What about Ranger Suarez? I feel like Ranger Suarez is kind of the opposite. Like, yeah, I don't think people realize how good Ranger Suarez was last year. Yeah. I mean, he, he limits hard contact. I mean, you know, he's, he's not going to give you the strikeouts, but uh, you know, guys can't really square up the ball very well versus him, but he is good, but at the same time, you, you want that one three three whip, or you know, like, that's the hard part. Yeah, yeah, he, like he, he's he's a whip killer. He was fantastic in the postseason. He had a one of two whip in the postseason. Um, wow. yeah. Small sample, but yeah, it, it is it is a small sample, but um, I mean, he you know, I I just feel like he's going so much lower than other guys. Uh, that I I mean, I I think he can help you in in on some teams like where you need a stable guy. Like let's say you. You've built a very high upside, volatile um, rotation, maybe with guys like Degrom and stuff like that, and then maybe a guy like Ranger Suarez fits in there, who, who you can kind of depend on um, for for innings, but you don't necessarily need the K's as much. Um, I just don't see him ending up on many of my rosters. Like that's just not 
that range of pitch starting pitchers in general, I just I I hate. Like there's a there's a lot of of slop in there until we get to a guy like Zach Eflin that we like later, and you know maybe Dre yeah. James. I mean, I don't know. I just I'd I rather like take my guys who I think have a little bit more upside than that. Yeah, I'm actually I'm pulling up my my ranks that uh, I finished my I finally finished my uh, my starting pitcher projections. Um, so I've got an updated of where my projections puts a guy like Suarez. If my computer will let me uh, actually find him, uh, uh, and I have him as my 64th starting pitcher. Um, so that still places him quite a bit higher than where his ADP is going. So he probably will end up on a couple of my teams um, uh, this year, but that I think you have to have a really strong whip base. And the hard part is, you know, and I have talked about this with other guys, do I want, you know, starting pitching pitchers can only affect four categories, right? So if I'm not getting strikeouts and I'm getting a bad whip, um, why do I want to draft a two category starter for me? Yeah. Like that becomes a really big question, right? Yeah. Um, And very rarely are you going to be in a position where you're at pick 250 or 260 in a draft and you go, oh, my ERA is, my ERA is, uh, needs some help, but my whip is fantastic. Like, when are you really going to be in that situation? Like, I, I just, much, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think I may need to readjust my calculations a little bit on that because I don't think, I just, while he, you know, maybe by pure numbers comes out as, hey, he's, you know, a top 70 starter. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be in a position where I'm going to take him as a top 70 starter. No, I, there's there's guys going after him that I'd rather just take a shot on that could be significantly better than him. So that's yep. that's the direction that I'm going to go. All right. Uh, finishing out with Bailey Falter. I also think that the Phillies could be a team that adds a starter here at some point um, because they don't have a ton like in the, the high minors or anything like that that may be ready to go necessarily. Um, but Bailey Falter had some usable moments. Any interest in Oh, him? yeah. Yeah, I, he, he more than useful. I mean, he was um, he was man from he was a major pickup uh, in the second half. I I recall. Um, yeah, I I don't you know I, like you know you look at his breakdown, you know of of his of his pitches and everything, and you know it doesn't particularly look like anything that should be really good, but the total package is still intriguing. Like he. He he finds a way to make it work. I mean, um, you know, his four seamer is only ninety one miles an hour, but um, you know his uh, you know I don't love guys who throw sinkers because they don't get a lot of K's, but uh, at least he he's able to limit the hard contact with that. But you know, the, he's got a curveball and a slider. Um, he he really upped the curveball usage from three percent to sixteen and a half percent last year, um, and you know that got thirteen percent swing strikes the slider 18 percent um yeah i just think like he's a guy who i I don't know if this is just like maybe the recency bias of of seeing how good he was last year but uh he intrigues me and um i could see myself drafting a good amount of bailey falter this year uh, assuming he doesn't go you know assuming he doesn't get overdrafted or anything but right now he's like 408 so yeah i i like him at that point Mm -hmm. um I, I feel like he's one of these guys that is just gonna get murdered at one point. He like, could he, like he he lives so much in the zone, like he just does, and he gives up a lot of fly ball 
Um, I feel like he's a guy who benefited from a dead and ball. Um, and if and MLB, weak opponents, yeah, and we yeah, and weak opponents, like he like he he gives up like above league average contact. Uh, he you know he had a forty four percent fly ball uh, percentage. Uh, max ev of 116 like he like he he i think he got really fucking lucky is what it was it's um, possible he did uh, over a decent sized sample though i mean we're not talking I, to, you know like it's just you look at every the game log and you look at it it's just like yeah i i hear you and i see it and you're you're right it does look like it's not going to work but i don't know there's just something about it that makes me think that maybe it can to some extent i'm not putting a ton of faith in it, but for where he goes, it's not like it costs me a lot, but kind of reminds me of his teammate, Ranger Suarez from 2021. You remember how he had that really huge end of the year where he was striking out all these guys. He ended up with over nine K per nine rate. And everyone was like, well, okay, hold on. Like he faced the pirates and the, you know, all these other teams. And they're like, he's not going to strike out that many guys. And lo and behold, his K rate went down, you know, one and a half down to seven and a half from nine. So, you know, um, yeah, it was, it, it does depend on who you're playing too, for sure. So, but he is in a weak division, you know, he's, yeah. if you, if you're facing the Marlins a good amount, you know, it's, <laughs> that certainly helps. He, he kind of, well, I mean, it's not a weak division. That's true, but they yeah. have some weak opponents. Yeah. 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 He doesn't have to face his own team in the division, which is nice. Um, yeah. uh, he, I mean, he, he, what he did was very similar to like what Robbie Ray did which was like, I'm just going to attack the zone. If you hit it, you hit it. Um, the problem is... Robbie have... Ray throws a lot better. <laughs> throws yeah, a lot and, better. And, that's, and the problem is, he doesn't have Robbie Ray stuff. Um, right. And so, he will get hit around. Um, like, you know, I mean, he was, in the, he was in the zone like almost 47% of the time. That, that is not going to fly uh, long term. I just think he... Uh, I, one, I think that the, the Phillies will add someone, but two... Um, I think if he is a full-time starter, he is going to run into a lot of trouble. Uh, I think you, you I, th- I think you can use him as like a streamer, um, as a guy like you kind of put in and out of your yeah. lineup on good matchups. You know, teams uh, that maybe teams, like yeah, yeah, struggle against lefties. You know, if it's yeah. a team, you know, hey, you know, this team struggles against left-handed pitching. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Bailey Falter in there, but. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a guy that outside on your DC outside of your DCs is going to be on your roster the whole year. Like he's just a guy that's going to kind of come up and got a good matchup or two. Um, yeah. and then you're going to drop him for the next guy. Yeah. Cause you look at who he, who he did well against was Washington, Miami, Arizona, Pittsburgh, you know, one, he did have a good game against Atlanta, but I mean, yeah, it's, well, it's what happened. Hard. Here's the thing. What happened and in the, the next game? So, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the next time Atlanta, yeah. He yeah. Went and faced them again and they went, Oh, okay, now we know that, you're, that you're even uh, that scares me even with good pitchers, though. Honestly, like I hate yeah. when my pitchers face the same team twice in a row. Like it almost never goes well for the pitcher. Like if they have a really good outing the first time, the second time, like th- that team knows what they're doing when they're facing them. They're like, okay, we're ready for them now. And I hate that. But yes, in, they crushed them the second time. In his defense, because he f- he fills up the zone, he doesn't walk guys. Like right. you know. You know, we're talking about a guy who's not going to put, you know, like, so when he gives up a home run, it's usually going to be a solo shot, right? Because, like, you know, he's not going to have, like, the bases loaded or, or two guys on or anything like that. Um, and so he may be able to get away with this approach more than other guys because 
he's not going to give up like really stupid walks or, you know, or, you know, right. Uh, but it just means he's like, he's going to just give up home runs, especially as like the ground ball to fly ball rate, you know, kind of readjusts in, in, you know, in citizens bank park or whatever the hell they're calling it nowadays. Uh, moving on to kind of the relievers, um, Sir Anthony Dominguez is kind of projected closer right now, but they also signed Craig Kimbrell. They have Jose Alvarado who, you know, could get some saves depending on, you know, where teams at in their lineup and stuff like that. Is there a guy that you're targeting out of this kind of trio? Honestly, uh, I mean, unless I'm getting a big discount on Kimbrel, because I mean, they, they signed him for 10 million for one year. So they're clearly he's, he's their closer. Now, you know, right now I'm, I'm seeing his ADP is really low, but that's probably prior to him signing. So, you know, I, I, that means nothing right now. Um, you know, Kimbrell will be the closer. The question is whether, you know, he's 35 now, is he going to get that velo back up? Cause I think, I think he was a lot more hittable last year. Um, I mean, velo isn't the entire problem, but you know, going from 97 or 96 and a half down to below 96, uh, I don't think he can really survive there. I mean, he, his whip's been pretty much, other than 2021, his whip has been bad since, uh, you know, 2019, 2020. Uh, you know, he's had mechanical issues, issues, I mean, issues with his mechanics. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez is basically just a better pitcher than him, but I still think that Kimbrell is going to be the guy that gets the, the the save opportunities, at least until until he proves that he can't handle it uh, anyhow. So, yeah, I, I I probably just want to avoid this situation. Maybe in draft and holds, if he if uh, Dominguez falls uh, a bit, I, I would maybe take him as, uh, as as a backup guy and a guy you could put in to get you good ratios, even if he's not closing. But uh, yeah, it's not really a situation I love right now. Uh, Dominguez is uh, currently going at pick one seventy five. Uh, Kimbrel's going like three ninety. Yeah, that'll that'll flip though. I mean, yeah, it'll it'll change around. But I mean, like the max on Dominguez over the last month or so is two oh six, and the min on Kimbrel is one ninety nine. So maybe they come together. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, God, I just feel like Kimbrel's going to be the guy who gets the shot. I like like I said, I probably want to avoid this situation the best I can, and so far I have. Uh, but I think if I'm taking a guy, I'm probably taking the dart on Kimbrel. Yeah. But I, I guess when I said that, I'm assuming Kimbrel's going to be eventually, by, by the time live mains come around, he's going to be going around pick like, I, I mean, maybe towards like 120, 130. He's not oh, going to be. I'm not going to touch that, Bryce. Right. Like, he's not, but he, there's zero chance you're going to get him anywhere around 200 or something. Like, there's no way. Um, and this team, you know, never committed to, to Dominguez. I mean, they used four different closers in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Zach Eflin, Alvarado, Dominguez got one, and then Ranger Suarez got one. So, like, you know, they're they're not they're not committed to anybody. It's going to be Kimbrel coming in with the yeah. But but if Kimbrel fails, I think Dominguez is a good guy to have on your roster. I think uh, Dominguez is the guy they want as a high leverage guy. Um, yeah, that could be too. And so uh, I do think Kimbrel gets the first shot. If he gets, if Kimbrel gets too expensive, then I'll just, you know, I, I don't want him being my, my, my first closer. Like I just, I, I have no, yeah, I have no, no interest in him. I mean, honestly, I prefer him as my number three closer. 
um, in every situation. So, um, all right, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, Dave, uh, what do you got going on and where can people reach you at? You can reach me at run DMCD on Twitter, add that D. And uh, so I will say Jake sent me a text today. Now, you know, take this for a grain of salt because it's Jake, but uh, he, he said that he was going to talk to me about doing a pod soon. So uh, we will he was going to talk to you about doing a pod soon. That, 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 that is like the most non-committal answer ever. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's Jake. So um <laughs> just get his ass on here as a guest. We can just like, you know. Oh, he uh, he did he did uh he did something that I right? Was it for you or was it for someone else? Not for me. No? Like like uh like a month or so ago, maybe? He did something or maybe it was was it PitchCon? No, not PitchCon. What's the other thing? No, you're you're, you're yeah, that, that, was, that was in August. That was in August? Yeah. <laughs> That was that was a long time ago. Wait, well, okay. Was was, I, was he... I actually I enjoyed having him on. Yeah, um, he's great. And I uh, I believe that was the podcast for TGFBI that I submitted for uh, FSWA nominations. Um, was that episode? Uh, but yeah, that was August. <laughs> God, yeah, it's a really really good episode. Go back and listen to it. Yeah, go no, back I, and go to my you YouTube know. and watch it. Um, it's. Uh, him and Jenny Butler and um, oh, that's I right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who the other people were. On uh, maybe Scott Jenstad was on that one. Uh, Sounds for, right. for I was super bummed. I was so bummed to miss it. I don't remember what yeah. I had going on, but I couldn't make it. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, things that will be coming back in uh, at the beginning of or the the end of February, early March, whenever like TGFBI uh, drafts kick off. So you can sign up for TGFBI drafts right now um, if you want. Uh, you have already done it. Uh, I know I, that because you uh, you submitted um, something stupid <laughs> in the. Um, that doesn't uh, sound like me at all. I you must yeah. be mistaken. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I don't know if Dave said where you can follow him at. You can follow him on Twitter. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the things that I'm doing is maybe doing a pod with Jake soon. So we'll 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 see. But and then I'll also be doing some of these team previews with you coming mm -hmm. up. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Email me at the show, friends of Vincent Benefits at gmail.com. Writing daily at Fangrass. So I've actually got to write an article after this. I have no idea what I'm going to write about for tomorrow. Um, and then uh, um, doing obviously podcasts here, podcast Sleeper in the Bus, podcast on TGFBI.com uh, as well. Uh, yeah, give us a five star review. Uh, give, give away a Rotoware t shirt every month. Uh, for the next three months, so, you know, until the start of the season. Um, hopefully we can get as many five-star reviews in as possible. Really, really helps us out, uh, those five-star reviews. Uh, so, yeah, uh, with that, uh, for Dave and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball offseason.